This is Team Business Podcast. Team Business uncovers the everyday entrepreneurs why, how, and the road to now. Join us to learn how game-changing founders act on their vision and build a team for success. And now, your host, Mike Fusco. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for joining us. This is episode number 45 of the Team Business Podcast. Today, we are thrilled to have Chris Sankbile. So, Chris? What's up, Mike? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. It's awesome to have you on. Chris is... Uh, over in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. It's Omaha, right? You're in Omaha now? Yeah. Yep. The, uh, what'd you call it? The flyover state? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're right in the flyover, you know, center of the country here. Not a, not a lot a lot of reasons to stop off unless you're uh, wanting to go to the College World Series or the yeah. Omaha Zoo. That's kind of our yeah. two, that's our two things, so. And with the Huskers not winning anymore, I mean, no one wants to go see them play, right? See, everybody wants to keep throwing that into the mix, man. Everybody wants to talk about the Huskers, and, and it, it's 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 painful. It hurts my soul. But, yeah, we're, we're hurting right now. Yeah. I mean, I thought Frost was going to turn it around. But, hey, man, Chris, awesome to join. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Uh, I, Chris is the founder of Faro. I don't, is it Project Faro? Because I've seen it a couple different ways. Project. Yeah, we yeah, we kind of roll with, you know, domain names are a trick, right? So it's Faro, yeah. but our, our domain name's Project Faro. Yep. I think Project Faro is pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of it's a cool brand. Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself, man. First off, I know you mentioned before we went live that you're a farm guy from good old uh, Cornland there in Nebraska. But tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got uh, into your into your current role. Yeah, man. So yeah, I'm a, a farm boy. Grew up on a farm, central central Nebraska, town of about three thousand people, and uh, I was a little bit of a aspiring athlete. I'm a skinny white boy, so like you know, not like real future there. But uh, uh, came and played uh, football in Omaha at a Division two school, and um, did a couple things after school: banking, worked for a franchisor, and then got into uh, the insurance brokerage world. Uh, as a large commercial property casualty broker, um, worked with my clients on a daily basis and, uh, you know, identified some friction points that they were having. And, and really, that's what uh, gave us the idea to get Pharaoh, you know, Pharaoh started was to address those problems. So um, yeah. the beauty for me was, right, you know, I, I'm entrepreneurial in nature, like my dad ran a, a business off of our farm, believe it or not, growing up. And so we always had that kind of in my blood. And so the beauty of the start for Pharaoh is, it was out of my direct context, you know, working as a broker. And so I had that kind yeah. of, you know, industry experience to, to take into, you know, new startup. Yeah, man, I think it's, you know, we, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs on this podcast and I know a lot of our listeners are also, you know, business minded, startup minded, but it's funny. Most of the, some of the great best ideas come from working in an industry where you see there's shortcomings, yeah. right. And there's inefficiencies and, and we all know, you know, as my day job is uh, in the commercial insurance world. I yeah. mean, it's gotten a lot better, but I don't know what years you were in it, but I started in the business as an independent in 2005. And back in that time, man, it was horrific. Just yep. horrific. I mean, the amount of paperwork, you know, yep. there was I mean, it was just terrible. No inefficiencies at all. I mean, no efficiencies, all inefficiencies. What did you see while working as a uh, commercial producer that you thought you could improve? 
client experience, right? All the financial services industries, right, that have made uh, a lot of progress there. And insurance has kind of been the last banyan out there that that just still seems like it's trying to figure itself out. And and I think at the end of the day, you know, the way it's structured distribution wise, right? Companies use us independents like you and me to sell to to insureds. Um, you know, it, it it creates a scenario where, well, that's the only way, right, that that we can take care of our clients. And and that's yeah. just not the fact, right? Like you talk to your clients and they're like, man, I really hate the process of insurance, right? Like every, yeah. every 12 months, I got to go back through a renewal, do this whole thing. And for everybody listening out there who runs a business, I'm sure they feel that pain, right? They're like, gosh, can we not just get this thing kind of on autopilot? And, and so that's really what my intent was is, I, you know, just fanatical focus on customer experience. How do we take care of folks better, well, address their friction points with the overall process, which is a big problem to solve. But uh, yeah. I think to your point, you know, coming from the industry, you've probably got a hundred ideas yourself of ways you yeah. could improve things, right? And and to your point, it's gotten a ton better, right? To the, yeah. I got in in 2014, so I'm a little behind you. Uh, yeah. nine years behind you. But even when I got in, it still wasn't great. Right. And it, and it's still not great. There's a ton no. of opportunity to improve that for, for our customers. So, yeah, man, I think you, you know, I'm going to ask you in a minute how Pharaoh can do that. But I think uh, as an independent agency owner, you're taking all these different models from all the companies you represent, you know, cause you're writing business direct with certain carriers, you're writing surplus lines, you're, you know, you're, some need this application. So, yeah, and, yeah. and all these insurance companies do things. Their operations are all different. Some of them drastically different. I mean, some of them, yep. some insurance companies that we work with operate, you know, completely unique. Yeah. Everyone else. And then you have to find and figure out a way to take all of that, you know, standardize it at your agency and then deliver it to a customer where they don't really know any of the friction that goes on between the insurance carrier and the independent agency. And I think like we, I put a huge focus on that in the last 12 years. And uh, I think we've done a good job of, you know, taking all of their processes and with them, I mean the insurance carrier and standardizing it to our process and then pushing it out. So the customer experience is is consistent, but tell me a little bit about how Faro works and what it can do to solve some of these issues. So I I love I love I love your lead up there because it's it's perfect. You what you described just now is what we call fragmentation, right? So yeah. hundreds of companies and they all do things their own way, right? And brokerages to a large degree, we to to carry your analogy forward, we kind of have to funnel that down into something that's palatable for our customers, right? And and that's a ton of work, right? I mean, it, it's so yeah. inefficient. The amount of repenning, redundancy. Um, and then that's fraught with errors, right? E and O issues for us at the brokerage level. And so we looked at it and said, you know, what's the most homogeneous group, right? In, in the industry, it's, it's the policyholder, right? They all need a general liability policy. They all need an auto policy. Um, and so we kind of took the Uber analogy, right? And said, hey, policyholders are, are the folks who need a ride and brokers and companies are the folks who can provide the ride. Right. So if yep. we actually build something around the folks who need a ride, the policyholder um, and, and really focus there, we can hopefully bring all the people who can give that ride in that direction. So Pharaoh just really represents a policyholder platform that brings the broker 
and the company down to their level to collaborate with them in their own environment, right? And so we look at it as, you know, information kind of flows from the company as you described down. And really all of our jobs are predicated on the policyholders. So we feel like the industry is a little inverted. And with Faro, we want to bring all the information up from the policyholder through us at the brokerage to the company, right? Not disintermediate the broker. That's been proven time and again, people value what you and I do, right? They want our advice, our consultation. And so we just want to make all that work better, more fluidly. And so how we do that is we create a digital data endpoint with the policyholder or a source of truth where their information can enter the ecosystem in a digital way instead of PDFs and Excel files and emails back and forth, right? We just want to get that, that, that data set standardized and then allow that to flow into your, your AMS or your CRM. Uh, sorry, these are in- industry terms, folks, but yeah. uh, your agency management system, what helps you manage your brokerage. We just want to help you do that better, more fluidly. And the same with companies, right? They want that information unfettered, you know, and, and you know, kind of uh, made incorrect by us at the brokerage with repenting errors. They want that information from the policyholder, you know, in a more fluid way. So we're just facilitating that. That's really all we're doing with Faro. That's awesome, man. I love that. That's good stuff. We'll get a little deeper into Pharaoh. Uh, I do want to pivot a little bit. I yeah. try to tell people, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, you know what I'm going to say, but I try to tell people, I try not to talk about insurance too much on this, on this podcast. Yeah. I know that we're, you know, I like to kind of, I want to help out, you know, people like you and I who started our own businesses. And yeah. of course, when you start your own business, you're going to face challenges. And uh, I want to ask you, you know, Number one, tell us a couple challenges that you faced. Number two, what kind of advice would you have for those that are listening that are either in the startup phase or trying to ramp up to that, or maybe even a year past and they're still like, shit, man, this isn't getting any easier. <laughs> so give us give us some feedback. Give us some tips. Yeah, I think challenges are endless. Every day is a new challenge, right? In the startup life, like a day is like 10 years in a, you know, a, uh, uh, a business who's been around for a while, the challenges abound. And I think you, you, every day is an opportunity to just make strategic decisions. Right. And, and I think in our instance, you know, the challenges that exist are a sleepy lethargic industry and distribution is really challenging, right? Selling to a traditional broker, you know, a baby boomer type, you know, individual who's been super successful. He's like, well, why would I change? And, you know, the answer is, well, you change because the ground shifting beneath your feet, whether you acknowledge it or not. Right. There's the, the, the world is changing. Guys our age are getting into leadership positions and we see things differently. Our expectations for how we engage with the world and engage with our customers is different. Our customers are transitioning. Right. Dad selling his business. You know, 35, 40 year old sons coming in to take over what his expectation for how he engages the world is different now. And in the insurance world, we have to you know, we have to meet that. So I think our challenge is is really that kind of legacy industry kind of dynamic. And and, you know, so for us, then what that means is we think about distribution. Right. And I think this is kind of the segue into advice is for any startup distribution is key, right? You got to figure out how to sell. You got to figure out how to sell a lot. And um, and you think about um, leverage in that, right? How can I sell more widgets with less work, right? And, and that's how exactly how we think about it is how do we sell more with less work? 
selling direct to a brokerage, it's a ton of work. It's a ton, a ton of work. So how do we guarantee our distribution? We think about that a lot, right? How do we create a partnership with somebody who values what we're doing and can put us in front of our end user, our end client uh, on a mass basis? And so I think the the advice I give is, you know, for anybody, you know, starting a company, um, you really got to think about that leverage dynamic, right? How do yeah. I how do I do something that creates leverage that I can sell, you know, a, a widget or a product, whatever it is, right, um, in a mass kind of scale with with less work. And so that's constantly like our problem and our advice is as you're entering into that space, you know, give a lot of thought to that concept of leverage. And then the other thing I would say advice I, I'm reading, I don't know if you've read this book yet, I'd, I'd be curious, but uh, I'm reading the, the Power of One More right now. And uh, the, great book. Um, but the whole concept is, uh, you know, really around the idea of one more conversation, right? One more phone call, one more sale, the next thing. Don't quit, right? One more day. Just stay alive another day so you can keep fighting and doing and doing good things. And I think that's, you know, in the in the entrepreneurial world, like it's a fight every day you just get up, you know, get ready to throw haymakers. And I think if you, yeah. if you think about it in that way, Hey, I just got to last another hour. I got, I just yeah. got to make one more call. I just got to, I got to make it to tomorrow. That's the advice I'd give. Just, just do one more, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, uh, it's easy to give up, but if everyone, I mean, it wouldn't be so easy if, uh, if it wasn't so hard, everyone would be doing it, man. But <laughs> I look at it like, you got to really enjoy it with having passion for what you do also. Yeah. And you got to have a mission and you got to try to, you know, work towards that because it's, it's easy to get lost in all the other dynamic that goes into running a business or starting a business. Let me ask you. So you, you did mention, you know, we hear about the stuff all the time, disruption in industries, uh, especially in our industry. You know, you said, you know, we're definitely one of the legacy industries that people have a harder time adapting. Yeah. But I'm going to throw something at you here, man. Okay. Because I'm going to throw you a curveball. All right. Because I'm definitely not of the sit around and uh, sit on my laurels type of guy. I always want to try to get better and keep up with what's happening and trends. But the, uh, like you said, there are, and you know, forget about the insurance industry. I'm talking about any industry. There are companies that have been around a long time that have done very well that don't feel the need to change. I mean, they just, you know, they think, okay, everything's fine. Now, in the insurance industry, we saw a lot of money going into InsurTech the last yeah. two to three to four years, right? Record yeah. numbers in 2021. But now you see a lot of those InsurTechs going a little bit backwards. I mean, you see yeah. that um, maybe they're not doing as well as they thought they would. You know, maybe the entry into the market isn't as easy as they thought. I'm sure that have, I, I don't pay too much attention to FinTech or other industries, but I'm sure the same type of disruption happens in any industry with the advent of an innovation in technology. I'm going to ask you, so you go into an agency, you know, that's been around for 50 years and the dude's like, you know, when is too much technology? When is technology become too much? When does the ad adding of platforms and more services and products start to, you know, work against you in a way. So I'm going to ask you, man, what, what what's, tell me your take on all that because like you said, the independent agency channel is one that I think people still want and have, and and they need that advice. 
you know, I think retention for insure techs is terrible. Um, yep. I think they're realizing the burn rates are high for, for their investment. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Oh, we give, we give a lot of thought to that every <laughs> single day. Right. Um, in, in a, our own, our own runway, right. And burn rate and, you know, how do yeah. we last long enough to do the good we hope to do. And I'm going to use actually one of our, uh, one of my friends and investors actually, um, he put together this, this quadrants, four quadrants. And how do you actually um, bring value, right? Surrounding just data, technology, resources, all of that. And quadrant number one, top left is, you know, addressing your internal problems, right? Your desk, right? Your service, your operations, right? That's kind of that one. The other is uh, consumer problems, right? And then, yeah. and then you think about just overall like transformation of data and processes. Then you think of just master data management. That's the fourth quadrant. And where the value comes is at the intersection of all of those, right? Um, and at the intersection of all four quadrants. And so in my mind, um, the challenges in the, in the industry of, hey, where, does, where is tech too much tech? And where is it? Is it, you know, hey, independent broker, we just work hard, kind of funnel that big pile of you know what that kind of rolls downhill from the companies. Where does the value actually come? And it's not just tech, right? It's not just tech. It's not just data. It's not just people. It's the merger of all of that where true value comes. And I think what you see is there's a lot of people, tech people entering the space right? Who, Hey, this is a cool technology, AI, this, you know, all yeah, of the yeah. big buzzwords, but listen, that doesn't matter unless it can merge with people and processes well. And, and I think that's where you see some of the tech reverting or, you know, some of the fallback in investment and money flowing in and all those things is, Hey, unless it's able to merge well with people and processes, it brings yeah. no value. Right. And I think that's how yeah. we the kind of the lens or the framework we look at it through is we've got to bring a solution that that, yes, there's a technical component. But unless you, Mike, at your independent brokerage can build it into your workflow, your process, right. your people and merge all that together, there's no value for you. Right. And so what we see a lot, take it one step for, further and then I'll zip it. What we see a lot is there's just a lot of one point solutions out there, right? So, hey, right. we solve this small problem, right. but then people say, well, how do I actually implement that and get right. value out of it, right? And, oh, it doesn't really talk to this system or work yeah. with this system. And, and so we think about that a lot is uh, at the end of the day, what's going to end up happening, I think, is you are going to see a bubble pop in this space, in the insure tech space. Um, and you're going to see the cream of the crop rise to the surface. And then it's how do those all work well together? Right. right. And it's going to be, we talk about this a lot, that abundance mentality, right. Yep. Of, hey, yep. we, everybody has to support one another in this right. process or good change can't happen. And if, if one person, one entity tries to solve the whole problem, it's impossible. It's too big of an industry. There's too many problems. No one person can do it. So, hey, how do we work well with others to bring that merger of technology, people and process, you know, 
together and make it so Mike can say, hey, I want to turn this on, you know, this SaaS product or this resource on, and it works well with every other thing that I'm doing. That's how we think about it. I don't know yeah. if that answers your question. No, man. No, that's great. That's great. And I think, you know, people in our industry, they think that we're the only industry that has those problems. But, you know, I talk to my clients in accounting and law, <laughs> yeah. you know, in manufacturing, everybody has the same issues. I mean, there's yeah. There's all these one, you know. There's always these systems that, and people want to use technology, but there's no one size fits all. And but that's a good thing to think because that gives people like you the chance to uh, come to market, innovate, and and solve some problems. Tell me a little bit about how Faro integrates into an, a, an ecosystem of an insurance agency. Yeah, man. I mean, I think it, a lot of it starts with your agency management system and there's a lot of challenges there because some of that's legacy architecture, depending on what you're using and, and getting information in or out of those is a problem for every broker in the country. Um, and so we look at it and say we can integrate to the extent that, you know, APIs, those buzzwords, yeah. right? We can, we can integrate with any agency management system who gives us the ability to do so. But independent of that, then we, again, going back to, you know, merger of, of SaaS people and workflows, we've just built super efficient scrapes or workarounds independent of APIs or integrations to facilitate that, right? Because at the end of the day, Mike, you got to get data and information from your, your clients, right? Like every year, you got a whole bunch of stuff that you got to get from them. And so yeah. we just want to make that little piece of it easier. And I think a lot of times, and this is where I go back, you know, as a broker, you kind of start thinking, you're like, well, how's this going to make me more efficient? Yeah, sure. Good question to ask. And, and certainly we think Pharaoh can help with that. But I think the more important question to ask is how can this improve my customer experience? Right. Right. And even if it is more work, which it's not, but if it were, if it's right. improving your customer experience, which it definitely is. Right. Then I think that's the lens that we try and, and me as a broker too. the lens I look at it is it's the right thing to do for my clients. Right. And if it's the right thing to do, then I got to do it one way or another. Right. And so we we, we spend a lot of time talking about that and, and thinking about it. But I think at the end of the day, what is going to you know, the winners and losers. Right. The winners and losers, the winners are going to be the ones who ultimately figure out how to take better care of their customers, right? Because you're going to be competing. Like you said, you're going to be competing with quote aggregators and online marketplaces. And, you know, folks can go out and get quotes here or there or whatever, or digitally enabled brokerages who are offering those differentiated resources in your own marketplace. Um, and so you got to figure out how to compete there, right? And and I uh, think that's, that's our vision is, hey, we just want to help you compete in that space without adding anything to your plate, hopefully taking a lot off and ultimately just helping you differentiate yourself with your customers. That's, that's the goal. Now, when you go into an, an agency, are you finding more agencies are kind of separating their CRM from their AMS rather than trying to run them as one platform? Uh, I would actually say the opposite, probably. I, more I find combine them. I, I find a lot of brokerages um, and work, you know, this is top 100, top 10, top 50 type brokerages in the country are really evaluating how they can uh, build their build their own AMS in, yeah. or in, in the context of a CRM. Right. So, hey, yeah. how do we build our own AMS in Salesforce or whatever yeah. else it is for for a lot of those issues that, you know, right. Getting the information yeah. you want in and out. And so. 
I think it's forcing a dynamic in our space where some of those legacy systems have to figure out how to turn the Titanic in a swimming pool. It's really hard for them, right? Because their core business is predicated on we generate revenue this way. And for us to change or adapt means that's that Jim Collins, good to great concept, right? Like, yep. You know, it's, it's either change or die. And, yep. and I think they're forced with that reality right now. And, and it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out here in the next 10 years. It will be, man. I, I love watching it happen. And, you know, it's just, it's good stuff. Um, anyway, uh, no, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy, man. Like it's nuts, you know? <laughs> so, tell me, so tell me, this world is the same. Let me ask you, you mind if I ask you a question? Dude, shoot, man. So your brokerage, yeah. right? Tell me how you, what are you thinking about? What do you, what do you see? Okay. So I think about everything all the time. <laughs> and I'm sure you do too. Um, I no, honestly, you said, you've said it probably four or five times in this conversation. And I think it customer experience, man, numero uno. And that's it. That's it. I mean, you have to do the best job for your client. You have to make their experience as pleasurable as possible. Take all the pain points out of insurance. And, and I, we even go down to the level of my brokerages, even I think our two biggest pain points are claims and audits. I mean, forget about the process of procuring yep. and, and, you know, buying an insurance policy. Cause that's what yep. most of us think about as on the production side of things. How about, you know, when shit hits the fan, which yep. claims and audits are pretty much when shit hits the fan because no one likes to deal with them. Yep. How do you take those pain points and really alleviate your clients to that kind of stuff? Um, but also, man, I think like, like you kind of said, with, you know, the uh, abundance mentality, you know, we really want to be holistic. You know, I think insurance agencies need to do a better job, you know, not being, you know, uh, uh, transactional based. You know, you want to be more holistic, you know, offer more risk management services, client consulting services, risk, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, man, it's, it's the customer experience. It's the pain points, right? It's the pain points. You know, it's that application every year. You know, the PDFs and the Word docs and updating a call. I mean, who wants to deal with that? You know, who who wants to go have to call their old broker for loss runs every year? Who wants to? It's just, it's it's not fun for people. People hate it, actually. Yep. They actually hate it. Yes. And I don't blame them for hating it. Yep. It sucks. <laughs> but so we're really, we've tried to make it pleasurable, make it a better experience, take a lot of the burden off the customer. Yep. Uh, and like you say, man, like data, I mean, and when I say data, I mean customer information, yep. you know, putting it in one central system where next year they can just go in and say, hey, you know, this needs to be updated. That needs to be updated, you know, inside an easy to use, friendly place, you know, all that kind of stuff, man. But, yeah, that's what I think about. Um, but there's also things I worry about and there's things that I'm excited about. So there's all types of things that go through my mind. But no, man, I mean, I like so I, I'm still trying to kind of figure out, like, a little bit about how to integrate some of my systems because yeah. I think you said it before, there's just too many, yeah. you know, but that might not be possible. I don't know. You know? Well, I think it's, I think it's possible. I think we're getting there, man. I, I think the, uh, the advent of, of, uh, the, and I can list you six companies who could help you do that. I think yeah. the, the trick is right. It's 
it's the ROI on that, right? And yeah, I think sure. As a broker, that's the hard thing to, to think about is, you know, well, gosh, it's going to cost me X to do what yeah. the system should already do. And then you're like, you kind of get demotivated by that, right? And I think, again, that's, you know, the messaging we think about, you know, selling into a, a the brokerage space and, you know, for anybody listening, you know, thinking about personas, right? Strategic sales, who are you selling to? Brokerages are tough because most solutions, again, this is the intersection of people, you know, technical yeah. resources and processes is most brokerages, you've got to sell to a desk person. It's got to make sense for them. It's got to make sense for the production person. It's got to make sense for the leadership or ops slash IT people that you have around. And everybody's got to get on board. And if they're not, you know, change is hard. Right. And and I think yeah. that's where brokerages, I think the, the mentality has got to shift to, I don't care what it means for us. Right. I care what it means for the customer again, to reiterate that point. Right. And, and I think that's the part that becomes really, you know, really interesting dynamic as you're trying to sell into a brokerage is, yeah. Hey, like stop worrying so much about yourself, worry a little bit more about your customer because they care and, and yeah. they do hate the process. Right. And, yeah. and really diving into that. So yeah, it's a, uh, you know, big problems to solve in, in this space, but I think, you know, from an entrepreneurial perspective, I think the, the fun part about it is if you got an idea, right. Just, you don't need to be an expert. You don't need to have every answer solved before you start. It's just taking that step forward and saying, hey, I'm willing to put it out on the line and start. You're going to learn as you go. You're not going to have everything answered. But if, you, if you've if got a problem that you, you see and can address, there's opportunity, right? Because other people are having the same problem. And, and that's what we feel with Farrell, right? Every broker we talk to is like, oh, yeah. Like we want to do that, right? We just don't know how. And so then it just becomes creating the messaging around those personas that allows people to say yes easily, right? Yeah, no, for sure, man. For sure. And I think, you know, industries in general, they probably face the same type of, I mean, it's such a moving target, but that's great, man. Well, and in, uh, I wanted to ask you this because this is team business. We love talking with sports. You mentioned before, you know, you had a little, what, what sport was yours when growing up? Oh, I, everything you can imagine. I did it. I was a hyperactive kid, had to get the energy out, but, uh, I ended up playing football, um, in college. And, uh, so cool. yeah, I'm a, I'm a, a, you know, fantasy football seasons getting ready to kick off college football. Like I'm just, I'm in like, this is my, this is my time of year. I love it. Wait, what position, man? Uh, strong safety. Oh, wow. Yep. In Nebraska yeah. or? School in Nebraska? Yeah. yeah, so I played for the University of Nebraska at Omaha and then uh, oh, cool. University of Nebraska of Kearney, actually. So I played for two of the state schools, Division Two, not Lincoln. Uh, right. But uh, yeah, big, you know, big time Husker fans over here. And, uh, you know, it's been, I, you know, I was a child of the 90s, so we were winning national yeah. championships. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a long road to host since, since that point in time. So, you know, we're we're supportive. Scott is supposed to be, you know, our savior reincarnate. Yeah. I, I want him to do well. We hope he does well. And, uh, you know, we hope we can get this thing turned around. We're, we lost more games last year, Mike, than any other school in, in polling history, uh, by less than a score. 
Um, and so, you know, we feel right. like we're right there every game, you're like yeah. on the edge of your seat and then, and then we figure out a way to lose. So we're hoping this year we can figure out a way to win. And you guys, was, I think you lost by a field goal last week, right? But one of my, wasn't it? One of my best friends, man, I grew up with, uh, in, I grew up in New Jersey, but he actually went to Lincoln, um, graduated in 2001, but he's a huge Huskers guy. And I was, he's a big, you know, he was a middle linebacker in high school and, I was telling my, I was texting some of my other buddies last week, and I was like, I wouldn't want to be in his house right now, man. <laughs> he was not happy, man. No. Um, I mean, Northwestern's not a bad team. I just think, yeah, people expect the Huskers to do more. I think people are also looking back and saying, man, Polini didn't do so bad, you know? Hey, but, that's, that's most of the people I talk to are like, man, we're thrilled with an eight win season and and here you have the Huskers firing coaches over an eight win season right and and I think that's the deal with Scott like at the end of the day we don't need a new coach like every coach transition sets you back you know half a decade it feels like like let's you know let's get a guy in that we 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 like we trust and let him figure out how to get the program in the right direction so I hope I hope against all hope that Scott sticks around and and can win enough games that, that we keep him. Cause last thing we need is coach number, you know, whatever six it is, I think, or five it is and uh, create more disruption in the program. Yeah, I off the onside kicks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Seriously. Play off the onside kick, man. But Hey, Chris, thanks so much. Anything you want to part with or. Hey, uh, no, appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate the opportunity to be on. Thanks for having me. Just yeah, I, I'm a I'm a hype guy. Encourage anybody out there, you know, in the in the dog days of entrepreneurship or thinking about starting. Um, hey, just just keep fighting. You know, yeah. wake up one more day and uh, keep pushing it forward and uh, do do your best, man. There's there's yeah. tons of opportunity out there. You just got to have the grit to stick with it and get it done. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Man, you were an awesome guest. And for those listening that are in the insurance space, uh, friends, colleagues, counterparts. Chris is an awesome conversation to have, man. And I think Farrow is something that you should consider uh, when you're looking at big picture, how you can make your agency better, how you can be more efficient and, and deliver a better customer experience. That's what it's all about. That's what it's going to be about. And that's what it always will be about. Uh, because without your clients, you ain't got nothing. Ain't but Chris... Got- Thanks so much, man. It was awesome. And uh, to the audience, thanks for listening in. Team Business, number 45. And we will see you soon. Thanks, Mike. All right, Chris.